Welcome to Food Safety University, episode number 13. And today we are doing the first in a four-part series around actual operations and production. And today we are talking about training and competency. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steel of Deergo Food Safety. Tune in to learn food safety in plain English. We will break down the ins and outs of the food code, HACCP plans, you name it. We make food safety simple, easy, and even fun. Now here is your host, Dr. P. Hello, everybody. Dr. P in the house. So excited to be here for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you for everybody. Thank you, I guess, thank you to everybody who's joining us on Facebook Live. If you are not over on the Durgo Food Safety Facebook page, come join us. I record this podcast live most weeks. <laughs> um, we do have some interviews coming up. There are some really good interviews and other food safety coaches coming on. Um, I have uh, Maggie Reyes coming on soon. Uh, she is the uh, marriage life coach and she is my coach. And we're going to be talking about um, some communications things that are really important. Looking forward to that. I'm glad you're here with us because today we have an incredibly important topic near and dear to my heart as somebody who does uh, a lot of training and is considered one of the most um, uh, one, of, one of the best trainers in the, in the industry here. And today we're talking about training to competence. And this is part of our productions and operations. So when you are in Food Safety University, okay, uh, we give you all of this documentation. Okay, and it's all designed around you passing your audits, um, getting your meat, poultry, HACCP, or preventive controls, those sorts of things. But it's also designed to help you run your business, right? That's the whole point of this. You know, people have been talking to me all month about, um, you know, I'm going to be on a lot of panels and that sort of stuff this month about how are we re-regionalizing food production and food infrastructure and all of that sort of stuff, which I love. It's a great conversation. But in order to do that well, you have to have a minimum level of food safety. And that's what we're here to talk about on the podcast. This is what we do around here. Food Safety University is designed to teach you how to get all of that documentation and use it effectively because you can't just get the documentation. You've got to be able to use it. That's what this podcast is about. And that's what Food Safety University is about. You get so much more over there because we've got, I mean, I've designed all of this stuff for, for my clients. So if you haven't signed up for Food Safety University, now is the time to sign up. You can go to foodsafetyuniversity.com slash enroll now. Um, and you can enroll, you can, um, I think you book a call to talk to us, uh, which is totally, uh, totally awesome. We'll love to talk to you about getting into Food Safety University and Talk about training your people to competence. Because here's the issue, is that in food production, we have an undertrained and, un, and, and in some ways undereducated workforce. There's almost no accountability in training. We have huge worker retention problems. I was um, listening to a panel by um, Carrie Underly of Range Meat Academy, and she has um, she, in her work that she's done with like the beef checkoff program, they estimate that we lost 7,000 workers that we need in meat and poultry production last year. 7,000 workers, guys. You all feel that pinch, right? 
there's this huge problem with the ability to explain competency by the by like the company and 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 companies don't know how to measure competencies how do we do any of this some and that's what we're here to talk about today you know there's i was i was doing some um, research for this podcast and 62% of food service people in both retail and manufacturing have a high school education or less. Okay, two thirds of the workforce has a high school education or less. And yet we expect these people to show up to our audits and respond to auditors who almost all have at least, like a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. These are folks who will have lifetime earnings of more than a million dollars less than um, people who have even some college, okay? So we've got some issues around the workforce and training to the workforce we have, okay? The average retention rate for online courses is below 50%, okay? And this is true. I teach meat and poultry HACCP classes and preventive controls classes and that sort of thing. And um, I do a lot, of, I do an, a lot of online training. And I would say um, when we first started out and we didn't have good ways of following up with people, we probably had a 50% retention rate. Now we've dramatically improved that, and you know, I took that on as a problem that I could solve for my students. Uh, but it, that is, that, I mean, that's a really. If you look at, you know, like Coursera or any of the big companies that teach um, other kinds of other kinds of, of online courses, they're very, very low retention rates. Okay. And so you cannot assume that you're gonna stick people in front of a computer, okay? And they are going to learn because that is not how most people learn, right? That isn't, that isn't, what, that isn't what most people do. Now, it's what a lot of us are forced to do, especially in the time of coronavirus uh, when I am um, recording this, but it's not how most people learn, okay? People learn by doing. And then if you look at the worker retention problem, um, there is, nobody knows how to do retention really, really well. And after this pandemic, we have, you know, some people are estimating between a 13 and 16% unemployment rate. And yet people still cannot get good help. So, where does the problem get created? Well, the GFSI, the Global Food Safety Initiative, benchmarked standards require like competent workers. They will go in and they will question your workers and question what your workers are doing. Um, companies are um, not able to go out and do the things that they need to do in order to measure competency in the workforce and train to competency in the workforce. So then the question becomes, what do we do about it? Well, like everything else, we follow the process. And I have a question for you. Who do you have on your team that you trust enough that can tell you whether or not your workers are competent? Do you have people on 
your team that can really show you what results you're getting in your training because that's the function that I that that I am on people's food safety teams. I point out the competencies and sometimes I point out those incompetencies, right? And so who do you have? And if you don't have anybody, for God's sake, hire us. <laughs> because an incompetent workforce, a workforce that doesn't know what it's doing is the biggest time waster you will ever have. It's the single biggest time waster in American business is incompetence in its workforce. We don't have time to do it right and we certainly don't have time to do it over, but that's what you end up paying for, okay? So who is helping you understand your competencies and is it somebody you can trust the way my clients trust me? Huh? That's the real, that's a question you gotta ask yourself. So then, the, then, the, then the, the next thing that you gotta ask is, is what's the real problem here, okay? It is my, as somebody who does a lot of training, it is never my impression that companies seek to undertrain their workforce. I have never met a company who is in it to, who's in this business to really make a difference. Now, of course, there are companies who could care less about their workforce training. They sit them down in front of an hour-long video and they put them out on the floor and nothing matters, okay? That is not who I am talking to. And that's, I mean, that's nobody, nobody who runs those sorts of places even listens to my podcast, so um, <laughs> I'm not that worried about that. <laughs> so it's not those people, but the people who care, the people who want work, who want to retain workers and who want to create a workforce that knows what they're doing, what problem are they solving? I'll tell you the problems that you're solving, and it goes back to what these power questions that I asked people. You are, with your training program, basically solving safety problems, okay? Are people physically safe to be working in your environment? All right, that is the that is like almost one of the number one questions you have to be asking. Are people physically safe? The next one is, are people financially safe, okay? If your training program is not creating and your whole HR onboarding program is not creating a sense of financial safety in your workers, you're doing it wrong, okay? It has to or your workers are never going to stick around. They are always going to have one foot out the door, always, okay? And the question is, is do you want to solve that problem? Do you have the wherewithal to understand the financial insecurities that your workers may just be living with? And a lot of us as owners really kind of don't. But I will tell you the way forward to having an engaged and, um, and, and, and willing workforce is to really understand where they are from a financial point of view. Are you their third shift, their, their, their third job in a day? Are you their third shift? You've got to know that. And to know that, you've got to ask the hard questions. And then you've got to figure out for whom are you answering? Are you answering this question, right? 
as you look at creating this workforce that you want to work with, creating a workforce that does the right thing the right way every single time that they do it, who are you creating that for? Well, people being people, well, hopefully you're creating it for yourself. Hopefully you see solving the problem of an undertrained and incompetent workforce as directly related to your bottom line. Okay, if you don't see that, there, I mean, there are a thousand, there are a thousand, you know, blog posts that you could read, um, a thousand business books that you can read, but if you don't believe in that, that you're solving training and competency for yourself, you're probably in the wrong business. But let's assume that you're in the right business. Let's assume that you know that training and competency has a direct impact on your bottom line because it creates more time for people. People are more innovative at work when they feel safe at work. Innovative companies are the most profitable companies because people buy into the innovation. Okay, and I don't, we don't have to be talking about SpaceX. We can be talking about minor process innovations that save a ton of time. Uh, you know, that is incredibly important for people to have uh, if you want to drive continuous process improvement. So do you have that? <laughs> do you have any of that? <laughs> and then when you are looking at who you are solving this for, your auditors are going to ask your people questions. Do you know what the critical control point is? Do you know how to measure it? Do you know how to calibrate that thermometer? Do you know? I've had people ask, do you know how to get out of the building if there's a problem on a food safety audit? Okay. Your people have to be able to answer the questions if the government comes in and rolls up on them. They really do. If they are, if they are monitoring a critical control point, by law, they have to be trained and the government is allowed to come in and ask them those questions. Do you want the government finding out that your people are not trained? Because I think the answer is no. <laughs> right, I think the answer is no. And if that answer is no, then the question becomes, what are you going to do about it? And that's, of course, steps four, five, and six of the six steps of, of how we do anything around here, the six, the six primary steps of how we do anything about it around, around here. So how are you going to go out and solve this problem? Well, I've laid out for you how to solve this problem. And I promise you it starts with joining us over at Food Safety University. It starts with listening to this podcast and finding out what questions you have and joining us and getting them answered. Okay, it starts with really understanding yourself and whether or not you have, um, you have it within you to really ask yourself the hard questions around your workforce. Because if you have a retention problem, you have a training problem. And unless you solve your training problem, your retention problem is never going to go away. So I've uh, hopefully answered a couple of questions for you on worker retention, worker training around here, what to do about it, how to think about it. And I look forward to seeing you on the podcast next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com. We have free food safety guides waiting for you. See you next time.